This Rhythm and News podcast is brought to you by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. The Greater Seattle community is mourning the loss of Pastor Patronell Pat Wright, the founder of the Total Experience Gospel Choir, who recently passed away. With me to talk about Wright's legacy is Chris H. Bennett, Chairman and Chief Commentator of the Seattle Media Newspaper Group and the Z Twins Radio Stations. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Um, Chris, Pat brought joy and happiness to, for, to many people for many decades, and yet, um, what she did and what she wanted to do, uh, she enjoyed life uh, on her own terms. That's true. She was a treasure in the community, and um, you're going to miss her. The community will greatly miss her. Uh, I know she probably have not been acted in the past few years because of her illness, but uh, before then, she was just a whirlwind of a, of a person. I mean, she it she just was uh, an amazing person, and I'm happy to say she was my friend, as well as a friend of many in the community or the community friend, uh, because she was always willing to to help uh, people when they talk about. Pastor Patrick Wright, they uh, uh, they always tie the total experience gospel choir, uh, uh, her vocalistic skills, and to it, and rightfully so, because certainly those gifts are earned uh, and defined. But she was more than just a wonderful voice uh, musically; uh, she was really a jewel. I worked with her on many different occasions, and. Uh, it was not unusual for me to get that early phone call. Chris, we got to do something. I, uh, I said, well, I I need to think of it. No, no, you don't need to think. We just got to roll up our sleeves and do it because we don't do it and nobody else in the community is going to do it. So there I was, solicited, and, uh, work, and working with a person uh, who will work. I, I remember the... Katrina hurricane situation, uh, there was two or three different things. But at first, uh, she would do concerts and promotions and everything she could to raise funds to help people. And then I remember uh, once we got uh, what we considered enough funds to go, uh, went to the Safeway store down on Genesee, uh, and they had had a black manager and we parked this big uh, truck 
in the parking lot and and he he opened up two two of the cash registers and they bought tons of non for items out there and 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 filled that truck to the brim right there in that parking lot and one of her uh total experience uh members said i i want to drive this uh um to uh, Mississippi or New Orleans one. I think he ended up taking that to Mississippi that long. And it was done. On another occasion, um, we uh, partnered with Tabernacle Missionary Baptist Church, a 48-foot trailer that was collecting items to go for the Katrina people. And uh, she was there, and we did it as a team. And so... And then she made the trip down with her gospel choir to sing and entertain and uh, inspire people to give them hope and stuff like that. And uh, uh, whether people remember Katrina or not, that was a devastating uh, hurricane. I mean, it destroyed a city with water. And uh, I, I think they're probably missing people that they will never find. Uh, there, so it was a horrible situation, and uh, she emotionally would do it. But one of the things, also, um, early on when I uh, first heard of uh, Pat Janelle Wright, or Pat Wright, which uh, all of us was together sometimes, uh, she was on um, uh, the then then community radio station that uh, went out of business uh, as a gospel announcer. And so she called me and said, uh, you need to uh, uh, get her. We need a community radio station. we got to have a voice. So we got the news. Later. Yeah, but that's once a week. I said, well, and, you know, you didn't have the options of, of digital platforms at that time. And so you was limited to once a week or how often you can print. And so she said, but you had a lot of success with the newspaper and you could run a, uh, run a radio station. I said, well, I don't doubt that, but it's it's not that quite that simple. You got FCC and uh, first you got to find one that's available and then you got to try to purchase it and negotiate it and, and uh, find somebody willing to sell the radio station. And so we did. Uh, we was able to do that. And she's she, she, true to her word. I, I support you and make sure that she did. And she was the very first uh, gospel announcer on the Z-Trans radio station. Then uh, uh, it was a, um, we started out doing an inspiration in the morning. And she even bought the, you know, helped me get people that. But I, when we went into the radio business, Chris, we didn't know too much about it. Matter of fact, only time I had, uh, I had only been in a radio station once in my life. And so this was, everything was new. And maybe that was good because I didn't have to try to reinvent somebody else's mistake. And so, um, that was the program and the gospel program on the Sundays and inspiration hour was the, back in that time was the big, some of the big events off the radio station, and she she was there. Of course, she also was the editor 
of the medium's uh, church page, too. So uh, we we go way back, and she was the very first editor, church page, and very first gospel announcement on a radio station. And I mentioned Katrina early, but the, her tracks goes, you know, far, far more than just the, uh, the beautiful voice uh, that we hear uh, with the lyrics of the song. And, right. uh, and Chris, it was, you know, it was one thing about Pat Wright is, you know, that, you know, when you talk about people being able to leverage their platforms, um, she certainly had a tremendous voice. She certainly put together, I mean, she a tremendous choir um, that started out with, uh, you know, two choirs, two youth choirs that she combined from uh, between Franklin and, and Roosevelt High School and turned it into this total experience gospel choir that, you know, wound up traveling around the world. Um, and it was such an inspiration and uh, vital to the growth of so many young people in the area. But, you know, she was able to leverage those platforms to influence so many other things in our community through her relationships um, with people. You know, when if she, you know, if she gave her word for something, she was going to follow through. She was going to do it. If she's going to be by your side for something, she was going to be by your side. And so you, and you talk about her role uh, in the community beyond just um, singing. When you talk about, you know, things like Hurricane Katrina uh, and what she was doing and able to fundraise and, and provide direct support to the, uh, the people and the families down there uh, in the Gulf region that were affected by that. When you talk about uh, the plight of black contractors uh, in King County and, you know, she wasn't a, a contractor that I'm aware of, but she was involved in the fight for, uh, you know, some equality and justice and, and leveling the playing field for, for contractors. And that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg of some of the things that she was involved with that people may or may uh, not be aware of, because a lot of things she did weren't necessarily related to the uh, gospel um, community, the religious community, but it was related to our the greater community that we preside and live in as a whole. Well, that's true. And uh, when you talk about the total spirit part of, of it, of course, the makeup of the choir between two schools uh, and the children's that uh, John the choir participated in it, that was the total experience. That's why she named it that, from what I understand. And, you know, you had children from all different cultures and backgrounds and that, and they made up this beautiful voice that she inspired and directed uh, there. So that itself was, uh, uh, was a, uh, an amazing thing. You know, but it wasn't easy for her. Uh, it was rough. And sometimes the roughness of the the thing is the truth be known come from within our community. Uh Many of the, uh, well, not uh, some of the, I don't want to say many, but some of the uh, black minister resented that. They resented her getting this uh, uh, earned publicity and doing so many different things. And they made her path very, very difficult. She used to often complain to me about that, you know, and and she, uh, her the thing that she complained most about is that most of the black ministers couldn't accept uh, black women ministers. And, uh, you know, here we are, so people protesting and doing all of these things, and yet we're sitting here discriminating against uh, as, uh, black ministers 
uh, and our big churches are discriminating against black women ministers. And to me, that was a horrible situation, very horrible. And uh, I, you know, we all try to read the Bible and follow them, do the good things and that. But that bothered her more, perhaps, than anything. And as far as the contractors are concerned, uh, I remember the uh, uh, I-90 bridge uh, project, and uh, she, I think she worked for the 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 construction company. But when you know when you work in this in the industry, you have to sometimes go over and beyond. And I know she opened the doors for many black contractors to get uh, subcontracting and many uh, black construction workers to be employed on that project. And uh, uh, she worked very closely with Eddie Ryan and some of those people and and there. So she, uh, again, a treasure in the community. And I won't call it a hidden treasure because she wasn't shy about her uh, activist. She would get out and, and roll up her sleeves and get it done. Wow. What a wonderful person. I mean, just a, a, a complete, wonderful, wonderful person. And so I remember uh, it uh, wasn't her personally, but uh, we had one of the Sonic games. Uh, this, this lady and the two or three kids on a Fast break to the other end. They went to the other end of the goal and sat in the middle of the floor in a Sonic game. And Bill Russell was coaching. And that particular person, uh, I first I thought it was Pat, but it was her sister. But she supported that. And she worked with them to bring a change and plight to the situation of, of mothers with children and on welfare and all other kind of affairs and that. And I remember uh, working with with the assistant coach Emmett Bryant, Emmett Bryant that went and got with the people and they talked to them and you know uh, it wasn't Emmett and the Russell was not going to allow the police to come in and throw these people and so and you know Fat you know she called me the, the next day and we chatted about it you know but she was always happy Chris uh, at least that's the impression you get and and. Uh, but she was everything was always done with a smile and that type of it was just it was just wonderful and and uh, let me put a footnote on that Katrina piece is that she and I uh, worked together on that as I mentioned earlier but through her contacts out in the world she was able to uh, uh, one of her supporters gave her a warehouse uh, because they was bringing people out of New Orleans into places like uh, Olympia and all that, but not in Seattle. Black folks were being re- uh, relocated down Olympia. That was when Greg Wobbly was a governor with her racist self. And so uh, she got this warehouse, and people was given furniture, and and they was given their houses and duplex, even black folks. So and making it so people could have a place if they came here to locate they had their own place and stuff and it wasn't costing enough and then we had a warehouse full of furniture that people could donate it and there and it wasn't just junk that you was throwing away you know gonna put on the curbside hope somebody pick it up it was stuff and she did that 
I mean, God, I mean, what a, uh, you know, if you talk about that first lady of gospel, we could have put her the first lady of many things in the community. And she quietly did it, you know. I, I remember that whenever we had to call on her for certain things from a musical talent, she was always there, Chris. Uh, I remember when when uh, when you ran for political office, uh, and this is not to, you know, person. She uh, called me, what can I do? I, I want to do a concert to help him, you know, raise him, and I want to help him. He's a good kid, and I, you know, it was that. It was that type of stuff that she would do. And you just don't find that every day in any community. And she was able to bridge between the black community and other communities and also was a good ambassador to bring communities together. Yes, her spiritual gift and talent was one thing. And she certainly knew how to use that in an organized way. And to bring the kids along, the children, uh, that was a gift. You know, that, that, and, and she, you know, she, she wasn't a person that, uh, had a, uh, economically had a lot of wealth. But if you look at her talent, it was, a, it was unmatched. It was, it was, it was fulfilling everything. She performed all over the world. Uh, she would be at the, we had Martin Luther King days with the Sonic back then. I'm glad to see him coming back. Maybe we'll get some more of that recognition. She would be down there with, this, with her uh, choir and members of the choir doing the national anthem and performing before the game and stuff. And, she, you know, never complaining that only time, like I said, she complained about the the, the, the treatment that some of the bright ministers afforded her, and that was undeserving, and it was really uh, uh, disgrace, if you want my real high opinion. It was disgraceful. And how in the world can you uh, uh, read the Bible and come as we are and... and um, uh, God says, uh, "Love, love everybody, and love one another." As, as Jesus said, "As He loved, as He loved you," and and then you have that hate venom. That was yeah. not that. Pat Wright had a wonderful smile, a personality with it, and a and a world of good talent. And that's why she was known as the first lady of gospel here in the state of Washington. Right. Well, she um, certainly um, left her mark, not only here in the Pacific Northwest, but all across uh, around the world uh, in terms of the people that she touched, in terms of the people that she was able to influence and know and and create an opportunity for um, members of her choir, whether it was when she was first starting out or at the tail end of, uh, of the choir to to go out and perform and experience places that they might not have uh, been able to experience Otherwise, had it not been for um, the total experience gospel choir. So she surely was a, a treasure here in the Pacific Northwest for a number of reasons, like you outlined this morning. She surely will be missed, but I'm sure um, her legacy will live on um, through um, her family, but also her extended family with the total experience gospel choir members and other people in the community who she's touched and influenced and worked with uh, over so many years. Um, so her legacy uh, will live on through them. 
That's true. And I, you know, uh, I know there'll be private uh, uh, family at her request. She did not want a big public. There will not be a public service. Uh, it's a private service of family, I think, and very close friend. I believe that's on tomorrow's. Uh, and at a later date, there will be a musical celebration of her life for the public, but uh, the home-going service and, and that is uh, private for the family and very, very close friends. And, and that's so... Oh. This is what oh. this is her desire, and uh, I mean, if you were to open up this the kingdom, uh, the, the stadium downtown, and had a public service, yeah. uh, it would have you would have packed it. But at her yeah. request, uh, her work had already oh. been done here on this earth, and so she transitioned into the eternal life. All right. Well, Chris, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show, um, and again, our condolences to the. Uh, family of Pastor Patronel Pat Wright.